Welcome back to the Eddie Corns podcast. Today, we are live reacting to the NBA trade deadline. All right, it is 6.19 here in Adelaide. The trade deadline, we have 10 minutes to go. There's already been a few big trades. It's actually been one of the quieter and dramaless trade deadlines. Woj just tweeted that the Atlanta Hawks are keeping DeJounte Murray, which was a bit of a surprise. Most people thought he would be gone. But let's start with the actual trades that happened, and then after the deadline passes, we'll get to the teams that didn't make a move. And there are quite a few with huge ramifications for the rest of the league. First of all, I want to start with OKC, who got Gordon Hayward, who is a 33.3 million expiring contract for Trey Mann, Davis Baturns, and Miacic, and two second-round picks. That goes to the Hornets. OKC now clearly pushing to move Josh Giddy out of the starting lineup uh, and the closing lineup, more importantly. It looks like their starting lineup will be Shea, Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren. This is a huge upgrade. Teams have been targeting Giddy at the end of games because he can't shoot and he can't play very good defense. So that helps a ton with that. Robin Lopez is going to the Sacramento Kings. Just happened. Not a big trade, but interesting that the Bucks are making so many moves. Um, that is interesting. I... The, the Haywood thing, I really, really like for OKC. He gives them extra scoring, which takes the pressure off Shea. They've now got four scorers in their starting lineup, which is basically what every championship team has. Before, Giddy's not really a scorer. He's a facilitator, but he's not a real dominant offensive player. And Haywood, when he's healthy, is that. So it takes all this pressure off Shea in big playoff games, and if you just have three of those four guys firing, you're probably going to win. And what it also does is it frees up so much cap space for you next season. So it's kind of a a double-edged sword here where they've got extra help come playoff time because they're not going to play him at all in the regular season. They're going to let him rest. They're going to let him get healthy. And when playoff time comes, he'll be fully healthy. Um, I really like this trade for OKC. Next up, the weirdest trade of the we- of the day for me. The Raptors trade for Kelly Olynyk and um, Abaji, and the Jazz get Otto Porter Jr., Kira Lewis, and a 24 first-round pick. I have no idea what Toronto is doing. They trade away OG Ananobi. They trade away Siakam. Yet here they are at the deadline. Trading for Kelly Olynyk, who is a 12 million expiring and a player that you would think would help them win now, and trading away a first round pick. Why? Uh, Abaji is good. He's on three years for 14.7 million. It's a really good contract. But I don't know about what they're trading for him. A first round pick in 2024, that's a super valuable pick. Uh, it is their own as well. And Kira Lewis is a little bit of a um, asset, and they probably could have got a little bit more for him. I don't know about this trade for the Raptors. I don't know what they're doing. I do normally trust Masai Jerry, who's a really good GM, but I, I don't understand this trade at all. Moving on, probably the most influential trade of the deadline and the, the deadline and the trade that saw the best player traded during this deadline. The Pistons traded Quinton Grimes, Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, and two second-round picks, while the Knicks traded, uh, and then while the Knicks got sorry, 
Alec Burks and Bojan Bogdanovic. Bogdanovic is averaging 20.2 points, 3.4 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 46.8% field goal, but most importantly, 41.5% from the three-point line. He is going to help the Knicks so much on the offensive end. He's not a bad defender. He tries hard. He's a winner. He's experienced. He can help these young guys on the Knicks um, to keep developing. The Knicks are scary now, real scary. I don't know if I saw this coming at all. <laughs> there was signs in the last uh, Cavs playoff series and they got like destroyed uh, the next series. So I don't know where this really came from. I love what they've done this trade period uh, and they're going to be really scary come playoff times, especially with Tibbs coaching Bogdanovich. He is the pinnacle of a Tibbs guy. He's going to try so hard on defense and his offensive scoring is going to take the load off Brunson, which is super important. And he's a small forward, so he helps fill that depth as well after losing RJ Barrett. Um, you can move OJ and Anobi around to either power forward or shooting guard now. So I love what the Knicks have done at this deadline. I think they have been the most successful team in this deadline and definitely have improved the most out of any team. Uh, let's just move on to the, some of the smaller trades. The Pacers traded Buddy Heald, his $19.8 million expiring contract. And in return, they got Marcus Morris and uh, Quark Mars. But then later on, about five minutes ago, they just traded for Doug McDermott and put Marcus Morris's contract into that trade as well as a second round pick and cash considerations. So basically... The Pacers traded Buddy Heald for Franz Korkmaz and Doug McDermott. Strange trade. I'm not really sure what the point of this was for either of the teams. Buddy Heald is better than Doug McDermott and Korkmaz. And I thought he fit well next to Tyrese Halliburton. Now, he is streaky. And he doesn't play enough defense. But he fits with that team. And uh, from everything I've heard, I, I swear that Tyrese loved... It's kind of just a strange trade. It looks like, to me... The Pacers are trying to clear up as much money as possible for next offseason. Um, they started really well. Obviously, they made the in-season tournament final and have kind of fallen off recently uh, or over the last few weeks. So I'm not really sure what the point of this trade is. For Philly, this to me is a sign that Embiid is coming back because they could have gone the other way. They could have traded um, a lot of their vets, which they have actually done. They traded Pat Bev. But they actually bought in expiring contracts, which aren't going to affect them next year, but are clearly here to win now. Campaign uh, for Patrick Beverly straight up. I think they won that trade as well. So this to me says we're just going to try and get as much scoring in for the regular season, try and stay afloat without Embiid, which is going to be really difficult. If you watch that Warriors-Sixers game yesterday, that Philly offense does not work at all. So I don't know how they're going to fix that. I guess Buddy Hield is the plan. They're going to let him just do whatever he wants, kind of go into a D-Lo mode where he just can score as much as he wants and kind of carry the load on offense. All right, we've got three minutes left in the trade deadline. The Chicago Bulls have made Alex Caruso untouchable, and it looks like um, they are not going to be doing anything in the deadline, which is... So dumb to me. So if nothing happens from here out, we'll start touching on the teams that didn't make a move, like the Warriors and the Lakers. We'll just have to wait and see. We've got two minutes left now. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie on the buyout market. This is kind of a big deal. He's a good player, and a lot of teams need scoring guards who can come off the bench and have an impact. 
But this new cap rule means that six really good teams can't have buyouts. So the Celtics, Suns, and Warriors all can't buy out anyone because of um, the cap. They're way over the cap, which is a new interesting rule. And I really, I, I actually like this rule, even though it affects my team. I, um, I like what it does. Even though buyout guys are always overrated. All right, the Toronto Raptors are keeping Bruce Brown. He was another big name that people thought would get traded. He had a lot of value. Again, another example. I have no idea what the Raptors are doing. They should be trying to go backwards, and yet they're keeping all their valuable players um, who are going to just leave for nothing. So I don't know what happens there. Interesting, I guess... The trade deadline now has only a few seconds left. So let's move on. It's officially happened. The trade deadline is over. There was not any big names traded this year. I mean, Bojan Bogdanovic was the best player traded. So let's move on to the teams that didn't make a move. The biggest one is the Lakers. And to me, this is a telltale sign that LeBron will be leaving this season. They are currently ninth in the West. They're getting worse every single night. I don't know. <laughs> there's no way they improve with the buyout market. I mean, the two guys, Spencer Dinwiddie, and he's really similar to D'Lo, uh, and they won't want him. And Marcus Morris, who is a big man that's old. So I, I just don't see any of those guys having any impact on this team. I just, I don't understand what they're thinking because I LeBron is older. I get it. And I get he can be super annoying around trade deadline time. And he tries to press you into trading trading your players. And as a GM, you're trying to keep your job. job and LeBron makes that really difficult because he's always pushing the owners to make moves and get better, which has worked. It worked in Cleveland. It didn't really work in Miami. Pat Riley kind of pushed back against it, but they still won championships. And then now in the Lakers, it worked last year. It worked in 2020. But other than that, it hasn't really change anything the Chicago Bulls are keeping Andre Drummond they did not make a move either we'll get to them in a second another strange team yeah so I I would say the Lakers now lose LeBron and post trade deadline the main conversation now is going to turn to who gets LeBron in the offseason because there is zero chance even if he does end up staying with the Lakers he picks up that player option they're going to make him come back on a better contract because they did nothing for him this offseason and he's going to be super pissed off at Palenka. So that's the biggest story coming out of this trade deadline now. LeBron is going to be unhappy. Next up, the other team that didn't make a move is the Warriors who are 12th in the West. I'm a Warriors fan. I After yesterday, I expected them not to make any moves and I actually think it's the right move. Clay is their biggest issue right now. He still thinks he's 2016 Clay Thompson um, and not 2024 Clay Thompson post two major knee injuries. So if he can learn to adjust to his role now, which is um, spark up shooter, similar to kind of Buddy Heald, honestly, except it's a better defender, they will get better. We saw Wiggins last night. He played like he did in the finals and the Warriors looked really good on offense and defense because Wiggins are so important. Um, Draymond as well has been really good since coming back. 
And then you've still got Steph Curry. So I feel like that whole team, everyone on that team still believes they can at least make noise in the playoffs. And if DeJounte Murray wasn't available, there's not really a player that moves the needle enough for them to go and make a move. Uh, the last team that is really suspect as to why they didn't make a move is the Chicago Bulls. They are not very good. They're not going to do any damage in the playoffs. And they have a lot of assets. Uh, Zach Levine who is having season-ending knee surgery, so they're going to get worse. DeMar DeRozan as well. He's a very valuable asset who's on an expiring contract. Oh, Warriors are trading Corey Joseph to the Pacers, so they did end up making a move. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be for anything, though. Might get Cork Mars or something. Uh, that's so strange. Anyway, we'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> the perks of doing live reaction to the trade deadline teams like that I just don't understand why they don't make moves if you're gonna be bad and you have assets move them because DeRozan there is no chance he comes back especially if you keep Levine those two clearly don't really like each other they have very similar games haven't really fit together well so I don't understand that at all Vucevic had value he's not on a terrible contract he's a decent player teams like the Warriors would have definitely looked into him and then they also have Andre Drummond who's a veteran center who people really do appreciate and value. So I don't know what the hell they were doing. Another strange year for the Chicago Bulls. So the Warriors trading Corey Joseph. It just looks like it was to clear some tax money and a roster spot. So nothing major there either. Pretty quiet trade deadline. I'm sure most people on Twitter will be angry about it. It's hasn't been very exciting. Last year's was especially good because uh, we had Durant. Uh, he was actually a bit earlier through the trade deadline but um, a few other big names move so it was a fun morning not really sure there's a lot more to talk about now biggest name to get traded Bogdanovich let's just do some quick awards best trade the Knicks trading for Bogdanovich is easily the best trade I love his fit on that team I wasn't as huge of a fan as the OG Ananobi trade as some I actually thought the Raptors won it I still think that but he's been great since joining so um, that next team is really scary and going to do a ton of damage in the playoffs and could potentially go even further than just the Eastern Conference. Not sure yet. This is going to be a big stretch for the Knicks. And their franchise, probably their most interesting team. Oh, man, in like 40 years. Crazy. Um, worst trade. This is a tough one. I'm just going to think the Raptors for Elulinic and... Abaji. I don't know what the hell the Raptors are doing at all. Um, and just a strange trade. Go, you got to pick a way to go. They've gone, gotten worse and they've gotten better at the deadline. I don't really understand what they're trying to do, but then they traded their picks. So I guess they're trying to get better. Don't understand why they, Barnes is good. He's not, he's not going to be a um, championship winner if he's your number one option. So not sure what they're doing. Most interesting addition other than Bogdanovich, who could have a huge impact, is Gordon Hayward, uh, just for his scoring and veteran leadership and moving Giddy out of the lineup. So it makes them very dangerous closing in terms of scoring. It'll be interesting to see what their defense looks like. Hayward is a decent defense, but it's going to take a little bit of time to build that chemistry. He'll definitely be an upgrade over Giddy. So this team, could it be scary as well? We could get a Knicks OKC finals. That is insane. Uh, and finally, the Pat Bev Award for the player that you just know is going to get traded at the deadline every single year. And that goes to Pat Bev. 
who got traded to Milwaukee for campaign. He wins his own award, Pat Bev. It's now his ninth team in three seasons, which is actually crazy. Um, Doc Rivers got his guy, so good for Doc. Bucks aren't doing great, though, so they didn't make any major moves. Um, can get that team back on track. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, wasn't the most exciting trade deadline, but it was fun to react live. I'll be back tomorrow. So two straight days of podcasts with my Super Bowl preview. I'm yet to give my Super Bowl pick. I think I finally landed on a pick. It's taken me a while. It's been the hardest Super Bowl I've ever had to pick. It's definitely the closest one before the game. Um, so yeah, I'll be back with that tomorrow. Picking the Super Bowl. We're a few days away now. Get excited. Uh, thank you for listening.